Steelers, whether they like it or not, are going to have to rebuild their offensive line for the 2023 season. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. The Steelers' defensive line is in a bit of a transition year because of the number of players that are free agents right now. As of the start of free agency, uh, the Steelers are going to have a number of free agents on their defensive line. If you look at snap counts, 48.2% of the defensive line snaps played from 2022 are going to be free agents. And if you take Cameron Hayward out of this equation, Cameron Hayward is kind of the anchor of this line. If you look at the help around him, 58.3, almost 60% of the snaps of defensive line support for Cameron Hayward are free agents. The names here include Larry Ogunjobi, Chris Wormley, Tyson Alualu. Those three were number two number three, and number four in snaps on the defensive line. And they're all free agents. Wormley uh, has a pretty nasty injury he's trying to come back from. He's not going to be available right at the start of the season, most likely. It's hard to imagine the Steelers bringing him back and relying on him to have a key role at his age and with the severity of injury. Tyson Alualu is, he's not coming back. Larry Ogunjobi is an option. He was the Steelers' number two defensive lineman and the best they've had there since Stephon Tuitt. And in some ways, this defensive line was better with Larry Ogunjobi than it was with Stephon Tuitt. Hear me out on this one. Larry Ogunjobi is not Stephon Tuitt, uh, especially in the pass rush. He does not offer as much as Stefan Tuitt did in the pass rush. But as a run defender, the defensive line in 2022 was one of the better run defending lines the Steelers have had in recent history. And by that, I mean, if we look at the last seven seasons, there's only really one season where the defensive line, in my opinion, was better. I'm going to rely heavily on one of my favorite stats for this, and that is uh, Football Outsiders DVOA stat, which is defensive value over average. Like defense adjusted value over average is opponent adjusted, and it's a a yardage calculation. They have uh, stats for their lines called offensive line yards and defensive line yards, which is where they simply take uh, the first couple of yards gained each run, and they, they ignore the rest. And they see how, you know, any lost yards count, any yards over like a few don't. Just to say, okay, how often does the runner get get tackled in the backfield? How often do they get stopped for no gain? How often do they gain so many yards? The idea being the offensive line is what gets a running back their first couple yards. If you're getting tackled in the backfield, someone had to get past the offensive line to tackle you, right? It's not the most perfect uh, system because obviously there's a lot of players involved. Linebackers can affect tackles in the backfield, stuff like that. Uh, but it's a pretty good marker for both offensive line and defensive line. In the last seven years, 
the best defensive line, ranked second in defensive line yards for the Steelers. That was 2020. The second best is a tie between 2019 and 2022. That's pretty good. That's They ranked 11th in 2019 and 2022 in the NFL in defensive line yards. In 2020, they ranked second. That, that 2020 run defense was pretty outstanding. You also got to consider uh, other players play a factor in this. For example, that 2020 defensive line uh, defense had Vince Williams. It had you know Alex Highsmith. It had uh, Bud Dupree for for a while there. You still had you know Tuit Alualu, Cameron Hayward. That was a, that was a really solid run stuffing defense. In 2021. Defensive line yards dropped to 19th, the worst ranking I've found for a Pittsburgh Steelers defense, 19th. When you go beyond that, you look at power rushing on short yardage downs, where they're trying to make a conversion on short yardage runs. You go back and look at some Steelers teams uh, over those same seven years, by far the best was 2022 with a fifth place ranking in the NFL. Second best, 16th in 2020. If you remember, even when the Steelers' run defense has been solid, uh, they haven't been great at getting off the field on like third and short. This year, they were much better. Uh, The last one I looked at is stuffed. That's the percentage of plays that just simply don't gain yards. Like you you need, uh, outside of power situations, you need, you know, you need more than one or two or three yards. How often do they get stuffed for one yard or zero or a loss? Uh, And they were ninth in that this year, which ties their previous best from 2016 when they had Ryan Shazier. That's a very different defense at that point. So they really, really did a good job repairing this defensive line and the run game after 2021 when the line absolutely fell apart. A big part of that was Larry Ogunjobi. I mean, in 2021, your number two defensive lineman, you had Cameron Hayward and the guy next to him most of the time was Chris Wormley. This year, Chris Wormley dropped a third. He's most likely out. Like, he's not going to be back. Larry Ogunjobi did a great job repairing that defensive line, getting it kind of going back in the right direction. I also want to look at their uh, adjusted sack rate, which is sack rate, uh, but adjusted for the opponents you face. Like if you faced the Browns back when they used to give up like seven, eight sacks a game, uh, that would look differently if you got four sacks against the Browns when you... Versus, you know, like sacking Tom Brady, you know, four times. It's a very different look. Very different quality of game there. Uh, Some teams give up sacks. Some quarterbacks give up a lot of sacks. Other ones don't. If you take that adjusted sack rate, the Steelers from 2017 to 2020, four years in a row, were number one in adjusted sack rate from the moment uh, T.J. Watt joined the team until 2021 when they no longer had Stefan to it. But Stefan to it and TJ Watt were on the field together, number one in adjusted sack rate. 
You go to 2021, they dropped a second in TJ Watt's phenomenal defense player of the year winning season. In 2022, they fell to 14th. So we saw a drop off there. We saw the Steelers rebound in run defense. We saw the Steelers drop off in pass rush. Now their pass rush wasn't consistent the whole year. Uh, When TJ Watt was around, it was much better, but it still wasn't anywhere close to the rate they were looking at uh, in years before. Larry Ogunjobi plays a big role in this. I know a lot of people talk about Brian Flores and these things, but Larry Ogunjobi plays a big role in this. Uh, I think there's another player. I think there's a couple other players that play roles in this too. We'll talk about them in other positions. Uh, But one of those is Miles Jack. Until Miles Jack was injured later in the season, he really was a force in the run game. A big, big help in the run game. Uh, Especially those power stuffed kind of situations. Miles Jack was a good one. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, looking at this past season and looking at the holes created on this defensive line by the loss of Alualu, Ogunjobi, Chris Wormley, you have to you have to sit back and, and take stock and say, what are our priorities this offseason? Are we are we looking to get a defensive line that's going to bolster the pass rush more? Are we looking for a defensive line that's going to shut down the run game? Or are we going to invest enough in the in the defensive line to grab players who do both? Because that's a major investment. Defensive linemen who are really strong against the run and really strong against the pass are elite. Those are your top guys. Those are your Cameron Haywards. Those are your Stefan Tuits. Those are guys that get big contracts. If the Steelers are going to go after those type of players, that's first round picks. That's big money and free agency. So where the Steelers determine is the bigger focus here, making sure we stay good in the run game or getting better in the pass rush is going to make a, a, a big determinant on where, which direction they go this offseason. You have to consider, you have T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. That's a big deal. Uh, do, you, do you want guys that, you know, keep them clean? Do you want guys that take double teams? When you look at defensive uh, tackles and double team rates and, and outside linebackers and double team rates, it stands out year after year that T.J. Watt does not get double teamed. And yet he has an incredible win rate. He leads, you know, has the most sacks, all these things, but they don't double team him. And I think there's this misnomer among fans where we look at a double team and we say, oh, this player is getting double teamed. Clearly the defense respects them, right? That's it. If, the, if you are dangerous to the defense, they're going to double team you. But when you go and you look at actual stats and you see things like teams double-teaming Bud Dupree more than T.J. Watt and things like teams double-teaming Chris Wormley more than they double-team Cameron Hayward, you have to ask yourself what's going on there, right? You you have to ask yourself how is how do teams sit there and look at Chris Wormley and say, you know, if we're going to double-team somebody, we better get him. 
And it's okay to leave, you know, Cameron Hayward uh, one-on-one with somebody. Uh, just make sure we get two bodies on Chris Wormley. Or, man, on this pass play, we, we really better double-team Bud Dupree. We definitely, definitely don't want to leave him one-on-one. And, okay, I guess we don't have enough to, you know, double-team the best pass rusher in the NFL, T.J. Watt. Uh, so we'll just, we'll just double team Bud Dupree for instead. And the same with Alex Highsmith. You go to, to 2021, uh, edge rusher rates, Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt were even in the number of double teams they faced. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Unless you consider that double teams are not just a sign of respect. The double teams don't work like that. Uh, offensive line have rules they follow. When you're uh, an offensive lineman and you're uncovered, which means there's no one lined up across from you, right? You don't have a defensive lineman or a linebacker right in your face. You are a help offensive lineman. You're there to deliver help to whichever lineman needs it. You're not assigned, go help Cameron Hayward. They don't do that. Because, okay, yeah, you can shut down Cameron Hayward, but what if your guard on the other side really needs help, if you're a center? You know, like, you help whoever needs help. With that, you can manipulate an offensive line's blocking rules. The rules and the and the procedures they follow to determine who they're blocking and who gets double teamed, you can manipulate that. If you understand what the offensive line is doing, one person who was very, very good at that was Keith Butler. And that's why you see things like Chris Wormley double teamed more than Cameron Hayward. And and literally anyone double teamed more than TJ Watt. The Steelers did a remarkable job of keeping TJ Watt away from double teams because Keith Butler understood how to attack the offensive line and force them into situations where T.J. Watt is one-on-one with somebody. Now, last year they weren't quite as good at that. I think when you look at the numbers, you see a little more evenness. You see a little more uh, focus on the dangerous players. You see Cameron Hayward getting double-teamed more than other Steelers defensive linemen. You see Alex Highsmith, who was last year our number one pass rush, facing more double-teams than other the other edge rushers on the Steelers. That's one year where there was a lot of turmoil. There's a lot of noise in those stats. Uh, but I, I do think watching film even, I think it shows up clearly that you had a different pass rush philosophy that did not... Uh, manipulate the offensive line as much as Keith Butler did. Keith Butler, more than like a lot of people think blitzes attack the quarterback, Keith Butler's blitzes attack the offensive line and attacked offensive line rules. Uh, I love, I loved watching Keith Butler's pass rushes on film. Some of the stuff he did was just incredible, how he manipulated offensive lines. In my opinion, he is quite possibly the best pass rush coordinator the NFL has ever seen. Uh, I, I think he's fantastic. The, uh, well, <laughs> elite, he'd be one of the top. I mean, there's like guys like Buddy Ryan. There's other people that are just phenomenal too. But he's one of the best at pass rush coordinating. He was one of the best. The Steelers heading into next season, 
obviously don't have Brian Flores. They don't have Keith Butler. So you've got some turmoil there. You still have Terrell Austin. Uh, but Austin, I mean, his success is the secondary. You you can look at anything, any team in the NFL. It's hard to find a better success story uh, than Terrell Austin and what he's done with the Pittsburgh Steelers secondary, where his best cornerback has been old Joe Hayden. When Joe Hayden left the Steelers and couldn't get a job anywhere, <laughs> like no one else wanted him anymore, uh, the Steelers had a great season with him still. This is I so he's he's not really a front seven coordinator as much when he's uh you you can go to teams like the the Bengals when he was there the secondary looked fantastic William Jackson the third looked like a superstar and the defensive line had incredible levels of talent and didn't do much so to me Terrell Austin from history from things like from from what we've seen he's not the coordinator for your pass rush. He's not your front seven guy. Uh, he's your defensive coordinator because he is getting amazing stuff out of Minka Fitzpatrick. He is doing a great job in the secondary. We can't just take that for granted. But that means you do need to find somebody. Uh, currently, Aaron Curry is gotten the job for the outside linebackers coach, it looks like. Uh, I have not gotten a chance to look into his stuff. This is very, you know, it's very recent and it's not really even been officially announced, uh, but it looks to be official. He is going to coach outside linebackers, but that's kind of the position that's been the pass rush coordinator. We'll see if that holds up. Uh, But he he coached Alex Highsmith in college at Charlotte. Also, when he was at Charlotte, he coached Larry Ogunjobi. Maybe that'll help get Larry Ogunjobi back. I don't know. But that's that's the factor in there. You're, the Steelers need to look at... You're going to have to look at who they bring in. Who is actually running the, the front seven. We got to look at who they bring back. What they prioritize. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be fascinating for us to see uh, what what they do moving forward here, what the plan is moving forward. That's that's the first half of the show. We're going to go for a break here. I really wanted to dig into the state of the defensive line, what we're facing, what we're looking at. Uh, and now let's uh, let's move forward and, and, and talk about, after this break, what the Steelers can do, what I think the Steelers should do, what the Steelers have left here to build around, and what they could do in free agency, and in the draft. We're going to take a short break, and I'll be right back. Jeffrey Benedict, welcome to the cutting room floor. 69% of snaps that are not Cam Hayward, you just remove him from the equation, 69% of the non-Cameron Hayward snaps on the defensive line are free agents. I said 58% in the first half. I I was actually thinking I did that wrong. Uh, Cam Hayward represents 58%, 58 58.3% 
of the snaps of returning defensive linemen. He's over half the returning defensive line. The other three players that played more than one snap and are returning, Montrevious Adams, DeMarvin Leal, Isaiah Loudermilk. Montrevious Adams is a good backup nose tackle. Or he's a good nose tackle if you don't use the nose tackle a lot. He can also play some at defensive tackle. He's good depth. Not a main player. I mean, Tyson Alualu was not himself this past season, but he played nose tackle, and he played more snaps than Montrevious Adams did. So it tells you Montrevious Adams is quality depth. Probably one of the best, best, you know, number two nose tackles, number four, five defensive tackle type player uh, that we've had. He's valuable. Uh, Steelers are good to have him, but he's not your starter. I don't think he's cut out to be that guy. Games he does start, he doesn't do as well. His best games are games where he comes in like, when he really shines on film, it's games where he gets to play a lot uh, because maybe someone got dinged up or the team changes like how they're attacking and the the Steelers put him in. When he's playing a full game, he wears down, at least in my opinion. You have DeMarvin Leal. DeMarvin Leal is an interesting case. I like DeMarvin Leal as a uh, like a 4-I, 5-tech defensive end, like your 3-4 defensive ends, more traditional like Aaron Smith type defensive end alignment. Uh, in today's NFL, that's more of, an, of, of a uh, penetrating position. That's a, a, as an attacking, penetrating defensive end, I like him there. He also can work as a uh, defensive end on the edge, not just a 3-4 end, but on the edge, a 7-tech kind of player. I don't like him out wide. I don't think he fits out wide. You want him over, you know, the tackle. You don't want him out wide trying, you know, TJ Watt type stuff. He's not really that guy. When he plays defensive tackle, he is still a Quick, good pass rusher who is hard to deal with, but that's kind of a situational. That's like a, you know, obvious pass heavy drive, end of a quarter, end of a half kind of kind of usage. Isaiah Loudermilk is your other guy who's returning. Isaiah Loudermilk is at this point a run defender. He is a run defending defensive end. And that's how the Steelers used him. He came in, he played defensive end, he offered literally nothing in pass rush, uh, but he was a solid run defender. That's what he is right now. That's probably what he's going to stay. I mean, he, he he was a pretty decent pickup for what they paid for him, right? That's a pretty good return. Uh, and he was, in a number of games, uh, a part of solidifying the defensive line when they were having a little bit of trouble. With the, with the run game. He played a part. He, he had some good run defense games there. But that's it. When you're, when you're looking at this line, you have to ask, how many full-time players do they have? How many starters do you have here? I'm walking away with Cameron Hayward. And that's it. To Marvin Leal, as a defensive end... If you just play him there, he's that's not a ton of snaps. That's your your line if you go big, 
in a four-man front instead of T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. You have either T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. You have either one of those, and then you have DeMarvin Leal in there as kind of just a bigger defensive end. Okay, like that's that's fine. That's That's some decent snaps, but that doesn't help you address your defensive tackle situation. That doesn't help you address your defensive interior. Isaiah Loudermilk, 3-4 end. Not a defensive tackle you want to be playing a lot. He doesn't offer anything in pass rush. You put him in a four-man front, Cameron Hayward, Isaiah Loudermilk. Isaiah Loudermilk, he doesn't offer you anything at all. So really, the Steelers need... The Steelers have two defensive ends. No matter what. Uh, if, if they're going in their 3-4 set, you have Cameron Hayward on one side, you have Isaiah Loudermilk and DeMarvin Leal on the other side. You got guys on the outside. You don't have a nose tackle. You have a backup nose tackle. You have a depth nose tackle. You do not have a starting nose tackle. When you go to your four-man fronts and you need two defensive tackles, you have Cameron Hayward. In a pinch... You have Montrevious Adams in there. In very specific circumstances, you've got DeMarvin Leal. Now, obviously, DeMarvin Leal can grow from his role he he just played last year, but I don't think you're going to see a big change in his usage. I don't think he's going from an edge and an end to an inside guy. I think more than likely we'll see them increase his usage outside, and he'll be more help dealing with the fact that they don't have a backup outside linebacker, then he will, they need a backup defensive tackle. I think he offers more on the edge right now. So the Steelers need to address nose tackle. They need to address defensive tackle. Larry Ogajobi comes back. He locks up that defensive tackle spot. And he gives you a legit, 3-4 defensive end who can stuff the run and rush the passer. DeMarvin Leal and Isaiah Loudermilk don't give you as much there. But Larry Ogunjobi also doesn't address your nose tackle spot. And he doesn't... And and you're going to have to add another guy. This this was kind of the appeal of a guy like a Javon Hargrave. I think Javon Hargrave is going to be out of their price range, but if he somehow fell to around $9 a year... Uh, eight nine million a year, which would be crazy. That's half of a of a of a high end defensive tackle salary, and he's a high end defensive tackle. I think Hargrave would be a perfect fit there because he is a a, a four man front defensive tackle, and he can play three four nose tackle, which are the two positions that are the most empty. Those are the positions the Steelers need most. He fits it. That would make him worth more than an Ogunjobi to the team. But you still don't have room to afford that much more. So I think Javon Hargrave's a pipe dream. I think he's going to get a lot more money than that, than what the Steelers could offer him. But that's the kind of player that would be an ideal fit. A nose tackle who can stuff the run, who can also pass rush, who can play... Uh, a 4-3 defensive tackle and nose tackle. That's a rare fit. So I think the Steelers are going to have to go with two players there. Maybe they think Montrevious Adams is ready to step in that starting role. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on that. The Steelers like that 3-4 usage, and they use it a lot. 
I expect them to to sign somebody there to fill that job. The Steelers rebuilding this this defensive line here. Nose tackle, defensive tackle, and you could use a starting defensive end. I think Larry Ogunjobi's fit here is worth bringing him back. I think he's going to be more affordable uh, than a lot of people who would give you less value. Give you less overall benefit to your defense and cost more than him. And of course, I don't know. Maybe his, his value's gone up. Uh, but this season he didn't put up great stats. He did have really nice film, but not great stats. And a lot of teams, stats drive your money. You know, film film gets you a job, but stats drive the money. And I think Ogunjobi could be had for a, another similar contract to what the Steelers just signed him with, $8 million. Uh, I think he could get around that range. I don't think he'll get the offers that he got last year, like when Chicago signed him to a bigger deal, but... He failed the physical. I don't think you're going to see that this year from him. We'll see. Of course, I could be wrong. I also think the Steelers need to get younger. And they need star power on this defensive line to hold this down for the future. You can't keep just plugging in, you know, second-tier free agents, mid-tier free agents, and hope, hope that you keep this going until Cameron Hayward is too old to play anymore. You've got to add some youth. You got to add some talent. I think we're two years behind adding a, a stud defensive lineman. Uh, for my tastes, of course, if you look at my mock drafts, I don't draft offense at all because I'm a de- I love defense. Uh, so I'm always like, they need to draft more defenders. And people are like, where are you getting your, you know, where who are you throwing the ball to? Who's running the ball? And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. Who's hitting the quarterback? Who's stuffing the run? Give me those guys. That's what I like. Uh, so I'm, I'm not even trying to be unbiased here, but I, I think we're overdue. I would have liked to have had a defensive lineman two years ago in the first round. Uh, I'd like one this year. I don't know if the people fit. If you're looking for players to fit the Steelers' mold, uh, look for a bully on the defensive line. Look for a guy who can penetrate, who has a first quick a quick first step, who can get between the guard and the center and attack that gap who can attack outside, see a guy who runs stunts, uh, see a guy who holds up well against double teams, a guy who drives singled blockers back into the backfield when he doesn't get his move off. These are the kind of guys, the Cameron Haywards, the Stefan Tuits, the Larry Ogunjobis, that's what the Steelers like. They like bullies, not technicians. Don't look for the Aaron Donalds. That's not what the Steelers do. They want bullies on the defensive line. Not, not you know, the T.J. Watt version of a defensive lineman. That's not what the Steelers go for. So, if you add a first-round pick and you spend money on the defensive line, obviously you're sacrificing other places for this. But I think that's worth it. You look anywhere in the NFL, the defensive line drives your success of your defense. The Steelers can go a little cheaper in the secondary. I know people want a number one corner. They want Cam Sutton back. They want money spent on the secondary. 
But Terrell Austin has shown you can get good results going cheap on the secondary. The Steelers went cheap on the secondary last year. They went cheap on their secondary, especially the cornerback position. Obviously, they paid Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm not saying that. But Terrell Edmonds, DeMonte Kazi, and guys on veteran benefit contracts where they cost less against the salary cap than they cost to the Steelers because they got a bargain basement contract. You're talking about cornerbacks like Levi Wallace. Even Cameron Sutton, as good as he is, has limitations. He's not a physical corner, and he doesn't have elite speed. Which means if he matches up with a Jamar Chase or a T. Higgins, they just run past him. He's not fast enough to keep up with them, and he's not a physical cornerback. He's not going to slow them down. I like him as a number two cornerback, but it's he's not going to ever be a guy who can shut down those number one guys, those elite athletes that are all over the place in the NFL at wide receiver now. If you can't physically interfere with their route running, those guys just run past you. The Steelers in my opinion, have gotten away with weaker secondaries. They've gotten away with slightly weaker, with, with spending less on def- on linebacker because of their defensive line and their edge positions where they spend resources and money. And so to me, your edge position is kind of set. Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt are coming back. You need a number three, but it's, n- it's not the biggest deal in the world. You have your starters. But the defensive line needs starters. It needs a starting nose tackle. It needs a starting defensive end. And nose tackle doesn't have to be an elite position. I mean, look what they got. They got Tyson Alualu to come in and do it for not that much. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but it needs to be a starter. Someone who can. And by start, I mean 350 snaps. That's not huge. That's less than half of what Cameron Hayward played last season. But they still need to be able to do the job. You need that defensive tackle. And in my opinion, you need someone beyond that. Hopefully some youth to develop and then let a DeMarvin Leal be specialized into what he does. Grow that role. See what, if Isaiah Loudermilk can offer you more this year than he did last year. Who knows? But the Steelers can't go cheap on the defensive line. Not this year. This year, the Steelers need to invest draft capital. They need to invest money in free agency into the defensive line. And that means there's not going to be as much money other places. There means there's not going to be as many draft picks to throw around. And that's okay because the defensive line drives your defense. It has to. And the Steelers, this year, have to rebuild that defensive line. Because you cannot go in... To next year, hoping Montrevious Adams is your answer at nose tackle, and hoping DeMarvin Leal is your answer to the other side of Cam- who's on the other side of Cameron Hayward. You can't do that. You need really good players. You need talent. You need physical ability at that position. That's our show today on what I believe is the most important position to address this offseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you for listening. As always, have a great week. And let's go Steelers. Hey.